Lord, we love your presence. We love to be here. Love to gather and just be with the saints, be with you. Lord, I thank you for these beautiful people that you so dearly love. And Lord, I thank you for full healing. Lord, that you would touch lungs and you would touch blood. and You would touch brains. You would touch bodies. Jesus, release healing. Just walk around the room tonight and touch bodies. Touch hearts. Release the power of God on bodies tonight, Jesus. We love you, God. Touch ears, Lord. Put your finger in ears. Put your finger in ears, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We're so glad to be here. Good. Everybody say amen. Wow, that was beautiful worship, beautiful worship. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. It's so good to be with you. Um, I was with you guys in August, right? So it's been, what, nine months, something like that, since I was here last. I'm glad to be here again. I'm uh, in uh, Texas. I'm living in Dallas, you know, land of the free. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're in Dallas. We've been there for two years. A little over two years, we were in Kansas City for 18. And, uh, yeah, just loving what God's doing. We're, we're, we're running with the Upper Room Church there and... and um, Get just loving what God's doing there. We're in a special season. We've been uh, experiencing personal and family and church revival, a move of God. And, uh, and he's just meeting us. And I really feel like we're in a significant season. And a lot of great stuff is happening right now. A lot of people fasting and praying. A lot of people are just leaning in. And I really feel like we're getting positioned for something special. So I just love being able to find the tribes that just gather in certain regions. The little, you know, the, the clans, the tribes, some of them clans. And uh, think about it like the uh, William Wallace, those, those clans that all gather together. And that's what we are. You know, we're just a group of hungry people that have been wrecked over his presence. And we get to see our cousins and our second cousins and get all in the room together and you know, we're, we all come from different backgrounds, but we're all wrecked over his presence. That's why we're here. And it's beautiful just to see you. And I, don't, I may not know you, but I know you by the Spirit, and that we're all after the same thing. We love the presence of God. I love the presence of God more than anything else is the presence of God. And uh, I really feel like we're, anyway, I don't even know what's going on. But... Um, <laughs> 
All right, let me shake. Uh, anyway, all right, good. I'm going to stay in it, but um, it's been a busy uh, year for, for me. I, uh, I think I brought a couple of things with me. I got a, a Teachers to Pray book over there that came out in uh, November. So since I, w- I was with you last, I released a Teachers to Pray book. I only brought like 20. That's all I had left. And then I released a prayer album called Revival. And uh, if you like, you know, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about, there are prayer albums. I've done six of them. But this last one's called Revival, and it'll light you up. My middle daughter does a song, I Want to Burn for You, and it's powerful, and it'll wreck you. It's really good. That's good. Um, And then I just released a book this week. It's not even out. I, I only had one copy. I gave it away but a gift of tears. And so I wrote a book called Gift of Tears. It's on Amazon now. So that'll bless you. What else has gone on? I've been doing Corey Russell online. I want to show you, we got these shirts over here too. All right. This is gonna, you're going to look at this word and it's called Nasherite. Everybody say Nasherite. And you're like, what in the world's a Nasherite? You are. <laughs> Nasherite, it's, I'm going to probably share the full story tomorrow night, so I'll share it now just so you can have an understanding and you can get your shirt now, but um, <laughs> we, we uh, got, and, and this is a special day, today's April 9th, did, did, who, who in here knows what's special about April 9th? This was the, uh, the, the beginning of Azusa Street Revival was on April 9th, 1906. So there was a little house on Bonnie Bray Street where the glory of God fell down on a little house. You know, you got William Seymour, a black pastor, Baptist pastor, blind in one eye, who had moved from Houston, Texas to uh, Los Angeles And he began to connect with some intercessors and a group of people seeking God and seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And William wasn't even speaking in tongues, but yet he saw it in the Word of God and he was contending for it. And God released his fire and his glory on April 9th, 1906. And hundreds of millions of believers traced their spiritual roots to what God did in that little house on Bonnie Bray Street. <laughs> Where's my baby? Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I love, I love studying revival history and I love to pull because there are real times in history that God steps down you know do you know the children of Israel got delivered 430 years to the day that they went in that's kind of random God isn't random he fixes real times and real seasons he's really into seasons and times and moments and I, I love to lean in on dates where God steps down and pull on those moments saying, do it again, God. 
Do it again, April 9th, 2021. Visit a small band in New Hampshire, God. Release the glory of God. We ask you, one voice before your throne, pour out the spirit of revival, God, on New Hampshire, on this region, oh God. Release the spirit of revival, God. Let it touch us, God. Let it touch New England. Pour out your spirit. Oh, God, remove the scourge. God, remove the indifference. Remove. You've seen a lot harder cases than us. <laughs> Father, we ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Send revival, God. Send the glory of God to this region. Send the fire of God to this region. Send that river, God, that would wash away the dross. Release it, Jesus, we pray. So I, I, I love that. <clears throat> April 9th, I don't know what else I was talking about. Oh, oh, Nash, Nash, Nasherite. I'm not normally this slow, I'm just kind of. I honestly loved worship. It was beautiful. But right when we ended, I felt glory come in the room. It just fell. I go, oh, there you are. He was always here, but I was just, I feel that healing anointing that Miles stepped into. And I feel the glory. And, he, and he's here. And I just love being with him. And I love being with him with you. So, um, Nasherite, we, we, uh, we, there was an intercessor who traveled with Charles Finney in upstate New York for a seven-year period, 1824 to 1831. Nobody ever saw this guy. He was usually hidden in a basement somewhere, but he would labor in intercession to win the battle in the heavenlies so that the word of God would go forth in power when Charles Finney spoke. And for that seven-year period, the power of God was unparalleled, glorious, and the fact that nobody knew about this guy is what made it even cooler. Several months after uh, uh, Daniel Nash died, Charles Finney's revival stopped in their intensity. Well, we named our son Nash in 2012, and he went home to be with Jesus in 2013. And I had a friend send me a dream in 2015, and I'm just going to give it to you. I'll give you the full story tomorrow night. But that, because I'm like, God, what is this about? And and in a dream where there was a lot of chaos and confusion as the cultural wars were increasing, no one knew how to pray in these days. And I came into the dream and my friend prophesied over me and he said, for every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession. For every one voice of awakening, I'm going to raise up seven voices of intercession he says, I've given Lou Engel, and many of you might know that name, Lou Engel, done stadium events for 20 years. I've given Lou Engel the Nazarites, but I'm about to raise up Nasherites. And these Nasherites will be a hidden army of intercessors. They may not be known in the eyes of men, but they'll be famous in heaven. And when I got that dream in 2015, I'm like, God, that's my inheritance 
Give me a hundred million Nasherites. Intercessors. Intercessors that would storm the gates of heaven, storm the gates of hell, and see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this generation. So get the shirt. All of the proceeds from this are going to setting intercessors on the wall. That's all I care about. I want to see hundreds of thousands of them, and I'm trying to come up with as many resources as I can to get them set on the wall. <laughs> come on. Let's do this. We're in these days, and this is what we're for. <coughs> we're going to get there. We're going to spend a lot of time together this weekend, okay? The next 24 hours will feel like two weeks. So let's ask God to enlarge our capacity to meet us. But I want to ask you to come to all the sessions. All right, you're like, oh, I got the kid tomorrow morning. Just take him in the back, you know, and just play with him in the back. Get little Timmy in here. Let's go for this. Whatever you got to do, I want to build because it's not just a good meeting to me. I'm, I'm wanting to sow a DNA and a paradigm over these next three sessions that I think is important. We are coming back in October. Me and my good friend Billy Humphrey are going to be here, and we're going to be, uh, you know, pray, uh, speaking into praying churches in the region. So we'll, there'll be more stuff on that, and I think it's in October. So, I mean, the Lord's really connecting me with you guys, and I just think that this is a special season. All right, I've spoken way too much on the front end. All right. Turn with me to Luke 11. I want to I I look at Luke 11 tonight, and I want to talk to you about prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer. I wanna, I, I've found in my journey, I've given the last 20 years of almost 30-plus hours a week to the place of prayer. This is why I'm on earth. We're all on earth to do it, but the Lord, I, I, the Lord spoke to me clearly. I'm like, God, I want to be Leonard Ravenhill and E.M. Bounds in this generation. That's what I want to do. I want to be a man of prayer. I want to get old in prayer, and I want to ride on prayer. Because all I care about is connecting you to him. That's what I care about. I want you connected to him. People ask, what, what do you, what's your vision? I go to connect people to God and then get out of the way and watch what happens. Well, I, I want you to look at this. Look at verse 1. It came to pass as Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Who would have loved to have watched Jesus pray? God the Son talked to God the Father through God the Spirit. No, no. There was no getting there. He was there. He was in the bosom of the Father. He never left him. That's, the, that's where prayer begins. Do you know prayer isn't getting somewhere? Prayer is waking up to where you're at. Prayer begins with a fundamental revelation. I am joined to the Lord. I am joined to the Lord. And I am beginning to awaken 
to where I've been currently brought through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus lived. Prayer wasn't religious activity. It wasn't a side thing. He lived in constant communion and prayer with the Father. I counted it up one time. There are 100, if I can get a water, 170, I was with this wild, fiery group in Phoenix last weekend, and they took my vocal cords, they ripped them out, and they threw them outside. So I'm Friday, and I was with them on Sunday, and I'm still limping in. It's like, where are my vocal cords? <laughs> All right. Let me get my water one of these days. All right. Jesus, I counted it up one time in the Gospels. There are 175 verses of either Jesus teaching on prayer or praying. 175 verses. Do you know in Jesus' first public message, he taught us on prayer. He says, when you pray, don't be like them who showcase everything. Go into your room and pray to your Father who is in secret. And he who sees in secret will reward you openly. That was Jesus' first teaching on prayer. Do you know what his last teaching in prayer was after giving us 30 verses on the end times? He says, watch and pray. All right, Jesus, get practical. How many guns do we need? How much toilet paper do we need? Get practical. He goes, he goes you don't understand the great, the great commodity that will navigate the turbulent days of the end times is a spirit of prayer resting on your life. He goes, you can't buy that. You can't manipulate that. You can't fake that. It will have been cultivated for years and decades of faithful life of connection with me. And in that hour, the spirit of prayer will operate on my people. Get a spirit of prayer on your life. Which means heaven says amen to what you say. <laughs> so... <clears throat> To watch him pray, to watch him pray. He prayed all the time. And the disciples come to him after one of these times that they ask him to pray. And they go, teach us to pray. I believe God's bringing that cry back to the church. He's awakening it in the heart of people, but I believe he's awakening it in leaders who provoke it in others. Jesus lived a life of prayer that provoked people to ask him to teach them. I this is my question, and I'll just give you what God gave me. Does anybody want your prayer life? Does anybody want your prayer life? Is anybody asking you, teach me how to connect to God? Teach me how to connect to God. Teach me to pray. I want to pray. Teach me. Everybody say the word teach. We all know we need to pray. 
That's what we mostly feel guilty that we don't do enough of. But the thing that's interesting to me is the word teach, which means don't just tell me I'm supposed to. Take me by the hand and introduce me to the throne room. Introduce me to the throne life. Introduce me to the throne power. And teach me how to acquaint myself with the Father. I love it. I believe teach us to pray is coming to the forefront in this hour. We've heard teach us to prophesy, teach us to heal, teach us to evangelize, teach us to do home groups, teach us for better church building models, and it's the hour, teach us to pray. Because if the greatest leader ever produced that in the ones who saw him the most, what are we producing in the next generation? Okay. Well, Jesus is going to give us the Lord's Prayer. And I think it's so insightful in what he doesn't say in the first line. He says, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It, it's almost like Jesus says, okay, you want to learn about prayer? They go, yeah. He goes, well, the first thing you need, you need to understand is I'm going to blow up all your ideas of prayer. And let's go ahead and blow up the big one. Write down everything you need me to fix in your life. Let me get your prayer list. Heal Aunt Susie. Heal Uncle John. Save Cousin Eddie. I need money. <laughs> I need money. Number six, I need money. Okay, did I get that down? It's on there. Okay, good. And Jesus says, okay, you got your list, yeah? He goes, now give me the list. Here you go, Jesus. He takes the list. He blows you a kiss. I love you. And he does this. First lesson in prayer. It ain't about your list. Many of y'all, that is a religious, and I understand where it comes from, but some of y'all need to rip up your list because he ain't just your professional butler and sugar daddy and helper. I believe that Holy Spirit wants to reacquaint you with God. Because the core question when going into prayer is, who do you think you're talking to? Prayer does not begin with asking for something, but looking at someone. Prayer begins with a person, a place, and a name. It doesn't begin with, this is what I need. That's absolutely critical, and you don't put in your dues to get there. He says, let that reality possess you, and as you learn how to ascend, there's going to come one prayer out of you. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
but you can't release into earth what you're not encountering in heaven. So he just cuts all of us at the knees and says, uh-uh, we're going on up. And you're going to deal with awkwardness until you learn to go up. And it's going to be uncomfortable for a while. As I introduce you to my most favorite person in the whole wide world, and I get to call him Abba. And I've come to share my Abba with you. He's not just my Abba, he's our Abba. When you pray, say, Our Father, the foundation to intimacy and authority in prayer is found in the revelation of Father. It's found in the revelation of Abba. God as a father is absolutely foundational. It's father's house is the house of prayer. It's the revelation of Abba, his power, his tenderness, his compassion, and his discipline, his strength, and his goodness. I want to call you into a fresh growth in the revelation of the Father. Because it's in the house. Everybody say in the house. I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to the church in this hour, kids, it's getting late. It's time to come on in. We got younger sons living in Vegas. And older sons living in seminary. We got younger sons living in lawlessness. And older sons living in performance-based religion. We got younger sons asking, how much can I do and stay saved? And older sons are saying, how hard I've worked for you and I never experience anything. And I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, kids, it's getting late. It's time to come on in. Because it's in the house is acceptance. It's in the house is belonging. It's in the house is inheritance. I call it the great exhale. We need the great exhale to come back on the church. Because what Jesus is going to teach us, and I know I need you to get this. He's going to give us two lessons in Luke 11 on prayer. Prayer comes down to two realities. Learning how to walk through the open door and learning how to knock on closed doors till they get opened. Prayer comes down to do you know how to exhale? And do you know how to stay until? Are y'all with me tonight? All right, I don't know how things are up here, but in the South, I like people to yell at me, throw things at me, pun a baby, anything. (laughs) Y'all were like, what? Anyway, long story, long story. 
He says, our Father. Guys, that is profound. Father. Father. He's not a manipulator. He's not a liar. He's not a user. He doesn't make broken promises. He's not into using you, abusing you, manipulating you, lying to you. He's a good father. He's the father of Jesus. He's the father Jesus knew. Do you know him? Do you know him? Is the Abba cry alive in you? Is the Abba cry of belonging alive in you? Are you in the house or are you in the front yard? Do you yell at him or do you talk to him? And I'm grateful I live in a loud house, so I talk loud to him. <laughs> it's not about you. Here I am, Father. No, we're loud in my house. So I'll talk loud to him, but I'm looking at him when I talk to him. <laughs> Our Father, okay? So it's a person, and it's a place in heaven. In heaven. Everybody say, in heaven. So now we've got it that Jesus is going to say, it's time to learn how to ascend. Do you know how to ascend? Do you know how to ascend. Do you know how to get above the clouds of your recent struggles? Do you know how to break through the ceiling until it gets wide? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to learn how to ascend. In heaven. That's what Miles was reading to us right when we started tonight. Revelation chapter 4 is a must for you. Revelation 4, you need to get it so clear inside of you, you don't have to read your Bible to know what it says. And I saw a door standing open. Where? 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 In heaven. Goodness, I sound like some squealing dog I hear. What? What? <laughs> I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me. Come up here. There's an invitation. Now listen, I don't want you to, to listen here. I need you to lean in tonight. I want you leaning in. I'm not going to talk to your head. Ding, 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 ding. That's cool. That's cool. I want you to hunger. There's an invitation that is available for everyone in this room. Come up here. I want to show you things. There's an invitation for you. God wants to blow your mind and bring you into the realm of sight and the realm of sound and the realm of reality. 
It's not about just trying to imagine the best thing. It's about a spiritual awakening. And if I know God, if I know him, he'll start giving us a taste tonight. Because you start talking about him. Because what are y'all talking about? Door standing open. The door is open. We don't knock on that door. That door is Christ. And the door is open. And it is your birthright. It is your inheritance. It's your home. Why would you live anywhere other than home? Jesus. And the first thing that he sees is a throne set in heaven. That throne is the power base over the whole cosmos. It's the power base above the White House. It's the power base above Buckingham Palace. It's the power base over every Saudi sheik and every power base in China and every power base in this world, every billionaire, trillionaire, United Nation. There is a throne set, set. It's set. It's immovable. It's unshakable. He's set enthroned at the flood, and he sets his king forever. There is a king on the throne, and you call him Abba. And he who sat there, we're going to take our time. John's doing his best to describe what he's seeing. Best he could come up with are ancient stones. But ancient stones don't even touch what he's seeing. Because he uses words like like a whole bunch of times. Which means it ain't, but it's like. Paul calls it inexpressible things. Things that you don't even have vocabulary. And he goes, he was like a jasper. And a sardius stone in appearance. To the ancient reader, that would have been blinding light, burning fire, engulfing itself. It is. It's the man on fire, the whirlwind of fire. Blinding light, burning fire. Blinding light, burning fire. Those are the two self-descriptions of God. I am light, and God says I am fire. Light is beautiful, shines, illumines, awakens, confronts beauty. But he ain't some stoic light at a distance. He's the God up in your business. He's fire. <laughs> he burns. God is not indifferent. He's not disengaged. He's flame. God's flame. Everything in the presence of God is on fire. Are you? Ezekiel 1, 
<laughs> Ezekiel's so funny. He goes, I saw him from his waist down. He was on fire. <laughs> and I saw him from his waist up, and he was on fire. <laughs> the man's on fire. <laughs> Daniel saw a throne of fire with wheels of fire and a river of fire. Do you know when God made covenant with Abraham? Do you know who showed up while Abraham was asleep? A burning oven and a smoking torch. Fire. Moses saw the angel of the Lord as a burning bush. John the Baptist goes, I got a water baptism ministry. Him? He's going to baptize you in fire. Jesus in Luke 12 said, I came to send fire. Luke 24, their hearts were on fire. On the day of Pentecost, it was tongues of fire. Fire. Fire burns. Fire consumes. Fire tenderizes. Fire judges. Fire refines. Fire awakens. Fire. 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 We're just not yelling buzzwords. It's who he is. He makes his ministers a flame of fire. Isaiah 4, there'll be a spirit of burning. Do you know about the spirit of burning? Song of Solomon 8, set me as a seal of fire on your heart. Many waters cannot quench love. I just gave you a whole bunch of verses on fire. But we all know that if God's fire was let loose on this planet, nobody could stand. There's a rainbow surrounding God's throne. I love light, and I meditate for years on it. I love fire. You know I love fire. But the older I'm getting, that rainbow is wrecking me. He relates with us through the lens of mercy. He is the kindest, most tender, most patient, most merciful person you will ever meet. See, that's the thing. We're talking about God tonight. Usually a lot, everybody in this room usually gets one aspect of who God is. Not in the sense that we're that, but I, I was born again and I've been in fire. Okay, I'm just fire. So mercy's been my journey. <laughs> Some of y'all, mercy's just come to you. You've been growing in fire. He has it all in perfection. He is the most kind person you will ever meet. You know that, buddy? He is tender. He doesn't snuff out smoldering wicks. I love his leadership. What's the most merciful thing God's ever done for us? He didn't give us what we deserved. This is how merciful God is. He takes his enemies. The ones that said, we don't want you, and goes, I'm going to come. I'm going to send my son, 
die for you, forgive you, cleanse you, and then I'm going to put thrones around my throne, and I'm going to set you on them. He makes his former enemies his ruling cabinet. And, and it's not like we just sit over there saying, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. I don't want to screw up. He goes, no, it's not just so you can sit in the stand saying thank you forever. I want you to come over here and sit down. I'm going to robe you in my righteousness. I'm going to crown you with crowns of gold. And you're going to partner with me. Nobody sits in the presence of God. Angels are buzzing around. Nobody sits, but you do. I do. I sit down in the presence of God because I'm supposed to. And I'm as clean as Jesus is in the presence of Abba. And I'm crowned with crowns of gold. He actually dignifies us. What's going to happen when we wake up to this? <laughs> Revelation 4, 5 says lightnings, thunderings, and voices. It's called the prophetic spirit coming out of the church again. The thunders of God. It's the voice, the voice of God that thunders, the lightning strikes, the lightning strikes. Habakkuk says that flashes of rays were in his hand, and there is powers hidden. It's actually a statement of when Jesus comes and delivers Israel from the Antichrist armies, and Jesus is going to be walking up through the land with lightning coming out of his hands. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but that's the healing anointing, the lightning, the strikes of God, the voices. Sea of glass, seven lamps of fire burning. These are the seven spirits of God. And then around the throne and in the midst of the throne, four living creatures. You're going to meet these guys one of these days. Get your seatbelt on for what they look like. I need you to see it. <laughs> Around and within. Their insides aren't blood and bones. It's eyes. Their whole being is eyes. <laughs> One looked like a lion. 
One looked like an ox. One looked like a flying eagle, and the other one had a face of a man. All right? And it says this. They do not rest day or night. They've been in the same room with the same person singing the same word forever. All those eyes. Guys, God had a blank canvas. He could have done this any way he wanted to. He goes, yeah, give them all the eyes. Give them all the eyes. Make their full-time job looking at me. Let them look at me forever. You have to ask a deep, fundamental question. Why? What is he revealing of his nature and of his kingdom and of his government that everything flows out of seeing? Not speaking, but seeing. And what they speak is what they've seen. That's the core. That's how kingdom is advanced. Eyes that proclaim. They do not rest. They've been in the same room, same room, same room, same room, same room, same room. And when they sing holy, you know what they're saying? I've never seen you like this before. Now, let me, let me really mess with you. It's because they haven't. It's because he's inexhaustible. He keeps blowing their eyes up with fresh descriptions and revelations of who he is. They never get used to him. They never arrive. They never come to the end. His greatness is unsearchable, 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 inexhaustible. I ain't playing. His greatness is unsearchable, which means you can't search it all out. You're never going to get used to him, friend. Do you know that? I want to tell you what it all comes down to. You're doing your daily devotional. You're reading your Bible. And then he sneaks up on you. He sneaks up on you. And you go, I've never seen that before. A tear comes down, your eyes close, and you go, I've read that a thousand times, and I've never seen that before. I want to say that's the goal of Christianity. I want to submit to you that's the goal. For the thing you've looked at a billion times hits you as if you've never seen it. And it touches you. Think about doing that forever. 
multiplied times a billion. <laughs> it says... <laughs> It says in Ephesians 2 that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his kindness. You know what that means? You and I will be pinching ourselves forever and say, how did I get in here? How did I get in here? You will cry fresh tears of thank you, Jesus, in a billion years. You will never get over thank you, Jesus. I know me, and you know me, and I know that you know that I know the real story. Even after I got saved. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, is to come. That's literally what I, where I go when I hear Jesus say, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Halloween. That's where I go. Revelation 4. That's what Jesus is looking. Oh, Abba. Below their minds. This is the home of where prayer is taught. We've turned it to a religious, you know, little, what is that? Genie. Yeah. Rubbing the genie bottle. Little formulas. Just say it just right, and all your prayers will get answered. Everything will go right in your life. So we'll buy the latest this and the latest that. I want to learn how to rub the genie. Rub from the right. <laughs> from the right. And it's not about that. It's about learning how to ascend. Who are you talking to? Because the greatest prayer is him being your number one source. Him being the fulfillment of every longing and desire. He's not a means to your end. He is the end. And when he becomes your end, that's when your whispers begin to release supernatural breakthroughs. I believe in request, but requests are on down the line. That's why he rips our our list up for a season. He needs to reorient us and deliver us from the religious spirit. Because you're engaging a person, a real person. Oh, my goodness. He wants to deliver the church from boredom. He wants to deliver you from boredom. He wants to deliver you from, I know that. That's the spirit of religion in the simplest terms. I know that. 
I believe he wants to restore the spirit of revelation back on the church. The spirit of revelation, that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. That it would be illumined, that you would be awakened on the inside. A spirit of awakening. Make me like one of those many-eyed creatures. Many-eyed creatures. They've been in the same room with the same person singing the same word. You think they ever try to say, hey, what are we going to do next? <laughs> Maybe we can work a deal with one of the other angels in the other New Jerusalem parts. And, you know, I'll put in some good time in here. You couldn't pull them out with a 747. John 17, 24, Jesus says, Father, I desire, I want them to behold my glory. Just write that verse down. It's a good one. Okay, so he gives us the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> he does care about daily bread, but it's on down the line. He's your daily bread. He ain't your sugar daddy. He's not your means to your end. We're not trying to get him into our boat. We need to get into his. And that, that's just going to wreck everything. And then Jesus says, okay, first lesson is learning how to walk through the open door. Second lesson is what happens when you get a midnight knock at the door of your life. Something you didn't see coming. Something you weren't prepared for. Something you don't have the resource to bail yourself out of the situation. Anybody had midnight knocks come to the door of your life? If you've been walking with them long enough, you have. And what do you do when you get exposed? You get awakened. You get exposed. And you... You get exposed in that you ain't smart enough, you ain't rich enough, and you're not smart enough to break yourself out of this situation. <laughs> There's a good old gut punch. Sometimes God just throws you into the place of prayer. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. What do you do? And then you come to your friend who told you, I'll give you bread whenever you need it. And you come to them, friend, I need bread. And then you hear from the other side of the door, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm with my children in bed. Come back another time. What do you do when God isn't moving on your timetable? What happens then? Where do you go? I have seen so many believers hit that wall, and they may keep the language, nice smiles, they praise God, but they'll begin to distance their heart because of the pain of the furnace, the pain of living between what God said and what he's doing. I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow morning. It says, though he won't rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, 
You know what persistence is? It's stubbornness to say, God, I know who you are. And I ain't going nowhere. I know who you are. I know what you possess. And I know that you have this weakness called you really like me. You can't deny me. And when someone knows God, they know God is generous, and they know God has a weak propensity for you. <laughs> You're like, I ain't going anywhere. I ain't going anywhere. Come on. It's actually the knowledge of God that keeps you there. It's the knowledge of knowing who you are to God that keeps you there. I ain't going anywhere. Do you know what he does? That moves him. It says he won't rise and give to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise. Open up the door. Run a conveyor belt of bread. And he will give him as much bread as he needs. Which means this, he wants to do more than just meet individual needs. He wants to make you a conduit of the release of the life of God into others. The midnight wrestle you have wrestled through is not just for your breakthrough, but it's for the hundreds and thousands of people you're going to run into that are going to need that midnight wrestle, that breakthrough you got in God. So I say to you, ask. Seek, knock. Everyone who does this receives. Your dad's not a jacked up dad. That gives you stones when you're looking for bread. That gives you snakes when you're looking for this. What dad gives a snake? What dad gives scorpions? A messed up dad. He's a good father. And he loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He loves to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. We're going to ask him for the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask him to send more Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going on up. I just heard the Jefferson's theme song. We're moving on up. <laughs> I did. I just heard it. <laughs> Jesus. Put your hands over your eyes. We're going to go up. God, I thank you. You're cleansing the eyes of a generation. Woo! We don't look at the things which are seen for they're temporal. 
We look at unseen things for their eternal. That's what makes us distinguished. We're a people where the unseen is more real than the seen. I pray for a great cleansing over our eyes right now. I want you to repeat this prayer. See Jesus with eyes of fire. Say, I ask you to forgive me for opening my eyes and my spirit to all forms of perversion and the spirit of religion. I ask you right now to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me whole. I, wash me now, Jesus, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I want my thoughts to be clean, my emotions to be clean, my desires to be clean. I receive your cleansing. And in the name of Jesus, I shut every door to darkness. And in the name of Jesus, I open up new doors. Doors of light. Doors of truth. Doors of revelation. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I command you, leave my mind. Leave my emotions. Leave my desires. You are not my master, and I'm not your servant. Jesus is my master, and I'm his servant. So I command you to go. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Lift your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Father, Abba. <laughs> Say, give me the spirit of revelation. Open my eyes. Awaken my spirit. I don't want to be bored. <laughs> Fire! Fire! Glory. That's it. Now I want you to begin to lift up your voice and begin to pray in the Spirit. Set your eyes on that throne. I declare the supremacy of Jesus Christ. I declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus, come and teach us to pray.